0: People ask me why? Why do you? Why, what's the point of doing Shakespeare? We don't do this much, but what it does for the actor is extraordinary. Because uh, I, I well, I, I may have even mentioned this in class. I was talking to a, a colleague of mine, and I said that you know people talk about heightened text. Shakespeare's heightened text. Sometimes they call it heightened text, and I don't think of it as heightened text. I think of it as deepened text. Instead of going high, it goes in. It goes in deep, deep, deep. And when you are using uh, mining, uh, living with, um, uh, becoming a part of these words, something happens to you as an actor. Something enlarges inside of you you. If you really take those words in.
1: laughing vikings live high vibe chats with actors comedians and creators plus stand-up comedy sketch comedy and most importantly you that's right join us every monday for new episodes and you can be a part of the show on facebook live youtube live and twitch ask questions and interact in the comments and make sure to share this with your actor comedian and creator friends so they can be a part of the show too can't make a live show no problem You can catch up on your favorite podcast platform and visit laughingvikings.com to find out how you can join the cast and crew. All right, it's time for today's show. Buckle up and make sure you stick around to the end because we have a special surprise for you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Laughing Vikings Live. Happy Monday, fun day. Let's go. This day is called the Feast of Crispian. He that outlives this day and comes safe home will stand a tiptoe when the day is named and rouse him at the name of Crispian. He that shall live this day and see old age will yearly, on the vigil, feast his neighbors and say, Tomorrow is St. Crispin's. Then... He shall strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, These wounds I had on Crispin's day. Old men forget, yet all shall be forgot, but he'll remember with advantages what feats he did that day. Then shall our names, familiar in his mouth as household words, Harry the King, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and Talbot, Salisbury and Gloucester, be in their flowing cups, freshly remembered. This story the good man shall teach his son, and Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the world, but we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, be he ne'er so vile. This day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves a curse they were not here and hold their manhoods cheap whilst any speaks that fought with us upon St. Crispin's day. So who's with me, huh? Not gonna lie, there's a lot of them and only a few of us. Literally just the guys you see here and there's like 20,000 of them. BK Broiler, are you with me? I'm with you, sir. Oh, thank God. Okay, yeah. Here's the deal. There's way, 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 way more of them. Okay. But today is St. Crispin's Day. I think that's a good omen. All and right. I feel like I just gave you a pretty rousing speech. I'm so, pretty roused. Are you in? I'm in. Yes. Let's do it. All right. All right. So uh, sharpen your horses and saddle your swords.
2: I got a cane. I'm ready. Perfect.
1: All right. Well, that's more than Warwick's got. Warwick's just got an <laughs> apple and a potato. He ah, just throws potatoes Warwick. at people for some reason. Welcome, 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 everyone. Uh, that was, uh, of course, Henry V from Henry V, famous St. Crispin's Day speech. And literally, this day is called the Feast of St. Crispian. This is Crispian's Day, October 25th. Uh, we had a great class today in Tatarov Conservatory where I got to, to don this. Here, let me fix my. There uh, I am. Yeah, there you go. You can see mm-hmm. me? Yeah, I was. Right. I was going. I was going fuzzy there for a second. Um, so I, I've got this costume here. I got a real crown on. For those who are not watching and listening, mm-hmm. got the whole getup. Got to do it in class today. And of course, this is part two of our Shakespeare series. And our guest today on St. Crispin's Day. Can you believe how fucking perfect this worked out? This worked I do. I do believe it. Because I feel like in our lives, this kind of stuff is happening. We have a lot of synchronicities. This is how you know you're, you're on the right path where just like things align and things, things work out. It's, I didn't tell you this, but several times when I was rehearsing this, weird things would happen. Like I'd, I'd be out for a walk in a park and I'd be running the lines and I would look like through the woods. And there was like the side of a building And it was like King's trucking or I was driving around and I'm listening to like Kingly music, like pump up music Mm -hmm. and running the lines. And then I pull up behind me and fucking on the bumper sticker of the car in front of me, it's like King's buffet or King's pizza. Like the amount of times as I've been running this where Kings comes in has just been incredible. So, um, so fun. Thank you for letting me uh, rip a cold open there with, uh, with henry that was great yeah. um anything else uh we, do you, any stuff we want to say before we get into the guest or are we just going to get into the guest today uh this this will be our last
2: weekend of comedy alley
1: um Ooh, so if yeah. you
2: haven't bought your tickets for that we're going to be doing it on the 29th and 30th it's going to be a halloween bash on the 30th so go to laughingvikings.com slash comedy alley to get your tickets now
1: nice that was a brilliant plug and uh This, by the way, was a two-week rental. Shout out to Thunder Thighs Costumes here in Toronto. Thunder Thighs hooked me up with this, this get up here. But it's a two-week rental, so I got it for today. And I've also got it for Halloween. So you're just going to be seeing a shit ton of Henry. Although for Halloween, I might put a skeleton face on and go as uh, Hamlet's, the host or the ghost of of Hamlet, or the ghost ghost of Hamlet's dad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so great, good, good stuff. Uh, all right, I want to get into this. I'm so excited. Yeah, uh, our guest today, she's got a 45 year history of experience. She's Juilliard trained. She's got over 90 roles under her belt in TV, film, theater, and she's taught and directed at Cal Arts, Yale, and she's currently our Shakespeare teacher in the Tataroff Conservatory uh, this year in 2021 and she is just a wealth of Shakespeare knowledge, brilliant actor herself. So let's bring her on. Drum roll, St. Crispian Day speech, snap, snap, snap. Please give it up for Mary Lou Rosato.
0: Hi, Lars.
1: Hey, hey, good to see you. Hi,
0: Brendan, how are you doing?
1: how's your Uh, day going?
0: Perish the man whose mind is backward now. That's what uh, uh, I think Westmoreland says after the Crispins' Day right. speech.
1: Yeah, he's like, after that speech. Yeah,
0: that, 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 that but, you know, if <laughs> anybody's looking back, the heck with them.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. We don't need them. We don't need them. Yeah. Well, w- welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I was telling Brandon that um, this is the most I've ever dug into Shakespeare. I took Shakespeare, like most people in high school, but I feel like I was more interested in sports and more ins- more interested in girls at the time mm-hmm. although my dad was also an in- English teacher so I did get a little more uh ex- sort of extra shakespeare from him but that was that was 25 years ago so uh meeting you at the summer the summer intensive in New York and then pursuing the conservatory this fall has been so much fun to delve into it and I just highly 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 recommend anyone but especially if you're an actor dive in and have some fun with Shakespeare which is why we have you on the show today so that you can share some of your thoughts and expertise maybe a little Shakespeare one-on-one with the actor audience that we he- have here so thank you uh, yeah. but first Mary Lou first yes. this is a regular segment on the show we like to start with something called the one minute life story uh. Brandon is good and I know you've had a lot of highlights throughout your life so ah. that- God bless you for taking a shot at it. Okay. You're going to have 60 seconds up on the clock, and you get 60 seconds to tell us Mary Lou Rosato's one-minute life story starting now.
0: Oh, gosh. Well, I grew up in Miami, Florida, of all places. Uh, my mother was uh, half Cuban and and half Canadian, believe it or not. Her grandfather was from Toronto an old family anyway that's them and my father was sicilian and then i wanted i wanted to find my way into theater and i tried every single avenue i could and then i uh, went to the university of miami and soon i heard about the beginnings of a of a place called juilliard and and just serendipity got me into the the audition process and i went to juilliard and that takes up about 50 years of my life because being trained at Juilliard in the very first class really sort of set me on a path. And I've got to say, that uh, gave me almost every opportunity that I've ever had as an actress and as a teacher and as a director because uh, I, I got it to
1: meet and at that time go. great people. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that was Mary Lou Rizal's one minute life story. I'm not sure I got very far into it, but that was pretty we- good. I'm sure we barely scratched the surface. I but did we, 15 uh,
0: years in one second.
1: <laughs> we, we got the better part of an hour here to, uh, to elaborate on some of those things. Um, mm-hmm. And I, wow, I, I knew you were Juilliard trained, but I didn't know I had missed in your bio that you were like the original class. That's incredible. Yeah.
0: That's a little intense, isn't it? Right. I was, uh, I, it, it didn't exist before my class uh, uh, started. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, you know there was a, a lead up to it. They spent many, many years trying to design that school. Um, and there was a very, very great uh, director, uh, teacher named Michel Saint-Denis, who was also an actor, who uh was, was his actual um, process that he was going to be bringing to that school. And it, it, it the, the theater school in Canada is also um, one of his schools, the um, the professional theater school, and I believe it's in Toronto, isn't it? The, uh, uh, well, there's a, there's a
2: couple. There's a couple in Toronto. There's uh, Randolph, which is a music theater school, yeah. Ryerson, which is a performing arts school. Um, you might be thinking of the National Theater School, which that's the in, one I'm thinking of. That's in Montreal.
0: Montreal, okay, that's what he he started. Mm-hmm. He started that. He's got. He had one in in uh, Strasbourg, but he also started the London Theatre School in uh, in London with uh, Laurence Olivier many many years. Uh, you know, before he started our school, mm-hmm. and it was fortuitous, I think, because we were my class and I were the the very first uh, group to the very last group to have him as a teacher, and uh, at the same time the other head of the school was Miche- was uh, John Hausman who is uh, this giant of American theater at the time. He was a partner of, of Orson Welles and, um, and they were, you know, uh, uh, he brought all that history to what we were uh, to our, you know, immediate education. Wow. And um, you know, my my school was uh, was basically what they c- would call the classical theater school. And what that sounds like is that we are, you know, just doing the classics. But that wasn't quite what it was. It was it was conservatory training on a very intense and, and basic level. And it was four years of, of just being in leotards and tights and lying on the floor and allowing yourself to be uh, um, prodded and, and, and pushed one direction and another direction and, and built upon. And uh, I, I think, you know, it, it was a, a, an extraordinary time because we were partially guinea pigs because they had never t- tried it out on a group before, and um, we were also a wild bunch, and um, and so they had not only this uh, intense training program but an intense group of people, and the 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 spire you know the sparks flew back in those days, and you know a lot of my classmates are very very well known, and uh, this this uh, this school has produced many great actors, I think, over the years. But I think that the the training that you got, particularly in those early days, was so um, complete um, or, you know, just was just uh, kind of overwhelming. One would say, well, too much, but I don't think so. You know, I feel like it's taken me four, 50 years to sort it all out. But... Um, uh it's uh, it's st- something that i'm very grateful for because uh i i i've never been at a loss to um to at least understand a way to approach a play or a, or a character or 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 a way to help my imagination uh along in a, in a in a situation where i'm unfamiliar with language somehow I always have a way in. You know, I can always find the way into something, mm-hmm. and I, I feel that I'm very blessed in that in that regard because uh, um, I know that that often actors feel very insecure, that they just and I, there there are times when I feel insecure as well. But but somehow when you train, you have you have more pots on your on your stove bubbling. You know, you've you've got you've got more items that you can throw into your salad,
1: <laughs> totally. so to speak. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, I mean, it's that thing of competence equals confidence. You can you can fake it till you make it a certain amount, but yeah. at some point you need craft and technique and actually to know know what you're doing. So yeah, um, yeah. And you mentioned that you're very grateful for having that training, and I know Brandon and I are are very grateful to have you and. And to have Tom, and and it's, Tom, yeah. that, that's one of the things that I love about it is I feel like I'm an arm's length from this legendary hall of fame from the theater side, but also people who, because of their theater foundations, have gone on to have very successful careers in TV and film, having that that technique. So yeah, thank thank you for being here and being a part Absolutely. of this. Absolutely,
0: I think that that's true. I mean, there's arm's length is is right. I've felt, I felt I feel like there's an unbroken chain that goes along from, uh, from, these, from these greats that were in the past. And, you know, that's the way theater actually is, uh, is uh, you know, the acting profession is passed along to, to another generation. As we, we link hands and we, and we teach, you know, we, we, we pass it through each other, you know, and right. that's important
1: to do. And the fun thing about this medium, podcast, video, ideally, long after we're all gone, this podcast episode is going to be on the internet for thousands and thousands of years, whatever that means. So people will be learning. That's a little it's,
0: daunting, yeah, isn't it?
1: Overwhelming, but... Kind uh, makes you,
0: know. you sit back in your chair a little. <laughs> ah! <laughs>
1: right. um, so I, we want to get... Uh, I want to just take a step back pre-Juilliard. We like to ask our guests... Do you remember when was your, like, very first performance? It could have been as a child or a community theater or at school. What did you first get on stage to do?
0: Well, I mean, I think that, you know, I was a little Catholic kid, so I, I, I really... You know, lobbied for the the BVM when when they did the Christmas pageant, and I would—that was my absolute first time learning lines and getting in front of people. But they were all parents, and uh, you know, my my classmates. The very first time I was on stage as an actress um, was in high school, and I, um, my um, my teacher, who was so. Incredible, so wonderful. Her name was Ellen Davis. She just recently passed away, and she she was very um, helpful to me because she recognized in me um, a uh, the spark. I think she she helped me f- find my way into uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? She said, "Go to go to college." So I went to the University of Miami. But the first play play that I did. Was um, in uh, something called Mad Woman of Shio. And I didn't have the lead. I was a, a brand new, novice, first time actress. And she gave me one of the Mad Women, uh, the, the Countess Josephine. Now, the Yeah, I think that's, she was the, one of the Countesses, Josephine, the judge. And I remember, you know, that shocking moment when you walk out the door and you're in front of an audience. And I felt like it was like a blast of air hits you in the face, you know, (gasps) lights, people, audience. Wow, speaking, (laughs) (laughs) it it was like, well, you're up there, you're on the wave, go.
1: Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. Do you remember lines from that role?
0: I remember they said uh, um, they were. They asked you, you know. Uh, the, the, I was asked as I was walking in the door where I was, and I said something about waiting. I waited. I waited and waited for President Wilson, but he didn't come. And they said, "Well, he's been dead for forty years." And I said, "I I have plenty of time." So <laughs> I don't know. That was the my my first three lines. And Love then it. after that, you know, she presides over a trial of all the bad people in the world. It's a pretty interesting play for our times,
1: actually. And yeah. they were like, get this girl to Juilliard before it existed.
0: <laughs> I know. It's kind of wild that it just worked out that way. You know, that, that feels like uh, some kind of a, a, a life that is on a, a, a track that you have no control over. It's, it's, right. it's definitely being guided by something beyond me.
1: Mm-hmm. And do you remember that fateful day when someone exchanged money for a performance? What was your first paid gig, and how did that feel?
0: Yes, okay. Well, I mean, I did... Uh, I, the, the the summer stock that I did, they got money at the box office, but I didn't get any money. But I did... When, when we were in Juilliard, uh, we were uh we became uh members of actors equity at the end of it and that summer was our first paid gig as uh as actors and i remember yes that was a uh that I think in our repertoire at that time was ring round the moon uh what else was in that god I cannot remember uh, but, uh, it was, you know, uh, there was a, uh, there had to have been a Shakespeare in there. I'm right. thinking it must have been Measure for Measure or something like that. And uh, there we'll was have to The Three the Sisters. Yeah, the archives of uh, the acting company, because right. the acting company was formed out of uh, the first class of Juilliard. We, we eventually, you know, we had a little bit of a transformation. We stopped at uh, the city center for a while. They were our uh, uh, sponsors, and we were called the city center acting company for a very short time, like m- a few months. And then we became uh, just the acting company. And that's still in existence, that company. That company is, to this day, it's going to have its 50th anniversary um, very, very soon. That's it. It's kind of wild. Yeah. yeah. How did that, what? <laughs> when I, did that happen? How yeah, that happen? I know. is yeah. reluctant to even look at years, but, but it's, but it's, it's kind of funny, you know, that, that all those years have gone by and it's still there. It's kind mm-hmm. of great. Yeah.
1: Rats. Yes. Brandon, oh. you got something? Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Mary Lou,
2: how did you get into uh, directing and teaching? Like, what was that transition like for you?
0: Uh, you know, I always wanted to uh, direct and I always wanted to teach, but I, I never knew how, if I would do that or not. I, I guess that I was told um, when, uh, when I was in school that eventually, you know, I would have to teach because that's uh, how we pass our tradition on. And so I expected that at some point I would be teaching. Um, as far as that was concerned, I was called one day. Um, this was when um, HIV AIDS was rampaging through uh, our, uh, you know, theatrical community in the mid 80s. And, um, and somebody called me from the Stella Adler Studios and asked me if I could step in for um, their very wonderful Shakespeare teacher. His name was Mario Saletti and he, uh, he was in the hospital, would I, would I come in and, and teach? And I thought, wow, okay, I can do that. And that's the beginning of my teaching. That was the first class I taught. And after that, I taught in another uh, place, another institution, and then another one. And then I ended up at NYU Tisch grad school for a few years. And then I went to Cal Arts, and then I went to, uh, uh, you know, I'm teaching at, at Tom Charteroff now and, and a semester at Yale, which is great. You know, I, I, I feel like I've gotten better and better and better as a teacher because uh, just because I've you know, in, when you're in the classroom and you're working, and you, you your eyes, your ears sharpens, your eye sharpens, your the the what you uh, um, need to say becomes uh, more concise. Um, it's it's um it's an extraordinary feeling working. I feel like it's it's a very creative thing to do. I mean, it feel it feels very natural to me. And as far as directing is concerned. I think even at Juilliard, I had tried to do a little directing. We we all were directing each other, you know, can you read this play or that play? And I remember doing one play uh, with, uh, I think it was an ennui play that I wanted to do. But um, eventually, I think the first time that I did direct was at a place called the National Shakespeare Conservatory, which doesn't exist anymore but um but i started by uh uh directing um a production of bernarda alba the house of bernarda alba by lorca a, a play that i always loved and um and i worked with a group of really you know young young new actresses who just were completely uh um, Uh, you know, given, gave their all to this project. Mm -hmm. And it was a really fulfilling, uh, exciting time for me. Then I started directing uh, 18th century plays, which are very funny. You know, they're a little naughty. They're very naughty. Mm -hmm. But, um, it didn't matter. We had a great time. There's a lot of cross dressing and uh, you know a lot of sexual. It was a sexual freedom time. So that's a that's what why these plays are so naughty. A lot of them. And um, and then I also directed uh, a ring around the moon uh, back then and and some Shakespeare. I just did a lot of um, you know just putting them up putting them up putting them up putting them up and it you know you just do it enough and you kind of feel like you know how to make the make the bread you know mm-hmm. you, you know you start doing it and I, and i think that the thing i love most is directing shakespeare I, I i feel like that and i still love doing lorca too i love lorca i've done um, some uh, Pieces that I've I've created myself, you know, just taking parts of uh, of, of his plays and and uh, you know, working with a group of actors to create something from them, sort of in a deconstructed sort of way, but still very rewarding. I think lots of movement and sound.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things, uh, Mary Lou, that I loved, and I think mo- all, I'm sure all of your students love, is how how f- fresh and i mean it's really how much you love it when you're seeing someone teach something and you're just chomping in you can see your eyes light up like you i'm sure you've taught some of these these plays so many times that you could get to the point where jaded or cynical or you kind of phone it in or something but the the how deeply you care and how passionate you are like when i first met you at the um i had done the zoom things but when i met you at the summer intensive in new york it was just It's, it's almost impossible not to get excited about Shakespeare and to fall in love with it, seeing how excited you are and seeing how much you love it. So thank you for that, because oh. every lesson you teach, it's like you see your eyes let up and you're like, and look at this and look at that. And why is he saying that? Yeah, and it, it always feels it always feels fresh from you that you're discovering all this stuff. Really, for the first time, and I'm sure often you are, you're, you're rediscovering things and you're finding new things that you maybe not, never thought of. But thank you for that, um, because it, I think it lights a fire under all of this. And I think that's the brilliant thing about any great teacher is when when you see in your teacher how much they care and how much love they put into it, it's impossible not to fall in love with whatever subject it is, even if it's not something that you, you might have not thought that you would have been so into. You just see a teacher and you're like, holy shit, they love it so much, I can't help uh, but fall in love with it. So that I is-
0: think that's one of the great revelations of Shakespeare is that it's just endless. Right. It's, it, it's It's en- an endless plot process of discovery. I mean, no matter how much you work with it, it still is revealing itself. And it's always surprising. Every time it passes through a different human being, it changes again, and I hear new things, and it's it's extraordinary. I I, I can't I can barely get over it myself. But right. I'm not alone. I mean, there are other uh, Peter Brook it, uh, says so in his play. In in one of his uh, you know he wrote so many small little books, and, uh, and there's one book in particular that I love um, called I think it's called Invoking and Forgetting Shakespeare. And in it, he, I I believe this is where he says that that it's bottomless, Shakespeare. That every that more that you go into is the more you find. And it's like a, to me, it's like a, a lagoon that has no bottom to it. You know, you just dive in and whoa! Am I there? Am I at the bottom? Not yet. Keep going. Keep going.
1: Yeah. So that's a warning to all of our listeners and viewers. You have fallen into a Shakespeare bottomless pit right here. It's fun, and you're gonna love it. Yeah. It's not, one of the, it's not one of the bottomless pits that you don't love. It's one of yeah. the ones that you love. So, it's it's um, kind of
0: extraordinary.
1: Yes. Yeah. So a major reason why we want to have you here. I know we've talked to sort of a little bit about your biography, autobiography here, but um, for the for our listeners and viewers who have, many of them are actors, mm-hmm. um, many working professionally in TV and film already, but like a lot of actors if they haven't been directly exposed to Shakespeare, might have kind of fluffed it off as, oh, that's just old timey stuff. Yeah. But I'm, I want to be in TV and film, um, not realizing how powerful it is to work on that stuff. So can you maybe take us through like wh- sort of what you would call Shakespeare 101? And maybe we can talk about some certain principles or maybe we can even examine some text as well.
0: Sure. What the heck? Let's let's see what we can do. You know, this will be this will be totally improvisational. We we we're just we don't know what we're gonna say. But you know, I mean, like people ask me why why do you what what's the point of doing Shakespeare? We don't do this much, but what it does for the actor is extraordinary because. Uh, I I, Well, I I may have even mentioned this in class. I was talking to a, a colleague of mine, and I said that, you know, people talk about heightened text, Shakespeare's heightened text. Sometimes they call it heightened text. And I don't think of it as heightened text. I think of it as deepened text. Instead of going high, it goes in. It goes in deep, deep, deep. And when you are using, uh, mining, uh, living with, um, uh, becoming a part of these words, something happens to you as an actor. Something enlarges inside of you if you if you really take those words in. Um, one of the ways I think that people get bored with Shakespeare is when they think it's just. Uh, rhythm and speaking fast and doing the iambic pentameter and doing the technical stuff and and trying to make it funny and trying to do things with it when i think really the 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 value of shakespeare is 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 living inside of the 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 language and really allowing it to be uh, a part of your own Of your own DNA, your own thought process, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, something extraordinary happens. If you can find your way into these words and let them be your words, and that's not an automatic process. That's that's another lesson for 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 any actor is the 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 time that it takes to uh, consider. What the dimensions of, of language and, and what you say are and wh- what the ramifications are and how they affect the, the person that you're speaking to and why you chose those words, the specifically those words, because that's what it is. It's all this grand, <clears throat> excuse me, this strategy that each character is, has embarked upon to, to get what they want from the other character, you know. So um, it, it becomes such a deepening process for the actor that uh, that how could it not resonate through everything that you did? Whether it's it's uh, you know a, a, a CSI or a, a you know a, a, an episode of Ghosts or you know anything that you're doing on television uh, can be deepened by an understanding of how, how, you can, how you can make a word sound deep, how you can connect to a word. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's important to, to know um, all the little ins and outs of poetry. Poetry is something that everybody responds to, even the smallest little poem, even if it's a little haiku or something. People love poetry. They, they they like hearing rap. They like the rhythm of it. I mean, all that stuff that you that you that you know is out there can be a point of reference for you to to use Shakespeare to 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 further your your um, investigation of it. I mean, it, it, it's in my uh, experience, you know, even a, a, um, taking one phrase and spending time with it. Um, you know, we, we talk about that to be or not to be, and that is the question. Just looking at that one phrase of, of Hamlet's that everybody, everybody seems to know that one phrase. But they know the others too. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. What, a, what, a, what an interesting little phrase that is. We few, we happy few. We band of brothers. For he that sheds his blood with me today shall be my brother. Brothers. Brothers mentioned how many times in that? We band of brothers. Right. Brothers. I mean, you. what does a brother mean to you? What, what do you think of when you say brother?
2: Closeness. Love, family. Blood.
0: Yeah. Right. Long time knowing somebody, you know, we band of brothers, we band. It's like band, is it? Even the word band. I mean, you could think of a rock and roll band, but you can also think of a band like a a, a golden ring around someone's finger,
1: right?
0: Um, uh, it, uh, something that is that is uh, uh, um, like an electric, uh, uh, not electric, but an elastic band how tight that is. I mean, that, that word band that that pulls you together, I mean, it is so, such a deep word, right. that word band.
1: Yeah, and even as you're saying it, I'm thinking on the battlefield, like a band around us, they would have to be, like they were very much outnumbered, so they would have to keep in tight to hold their ranks too, yeah. so that that kind of uh, imagery there too, yeah. That's yeah.
0: Awesome. I mean all that, we all we hear all that as human beings. We we're living through strange times, I think, where we where we look at language and and we sort of uh um minimize it. We, we, we speak a little bit in monotones and we mumble a little bit and we try not to pay attention to it. I think it's because language is so intense and so uh um, dangerous and sometimes hurtful, and and emotional, and and uh, and and, um, and can can move all kinds of uh, um, mountains. And you know, it's just so provocative. And so, uh, uh, when the actor is is aware of the power of language. And the and the need for acknowledging that power, acknowledging what they say and its and its specificity and pro, pro, uh, pro, is profoundness a word? But <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> how, how profound it is to say a word and and have it reach another person. I mean, it's just such it's secret currency for an for an actor. Right. to have that that skill
1: and it it's so interesting now to if you juxtapose that kind of like shakespearean language versus today in a world of text and short forms and emojis it's like there's a hundred different ways to say the word love or lust or a- anything in that spectrum but everyone's using just a heart emoji yeah. instead, or or short form or or an acronym right
0: yeah <laughs> it is yeah. right
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and, yeah yeah notice at the end of henry's speech all the guys didn't just go that
0: and
1: then they yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> right <laughs> we got uh, it yeah. I-
0: yeah let's go no <laughs> yeah, what happens at the end of henry's speeches is, is i think it's it's york who comes flying in and um and gets on one knee and begs to to go go first he let let me be the the uh, the one who carries the the flag into the battle.
1: Yeah, let me be the you one. Of mines.
0: Wow, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And he he turns out to be one of the highest profile gentlemen to have been killed in the battle as well.
0: That's right, York and, and Suffolk. Suffolk. Suffolk, bad news, <laughs> but at the same time. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's interesting that it's history too.
1: Yeah. That's been fascinating for me because I'll go from the Shakespeare text to then reading about the battle and reading the history and, and reading about the French Kings. And there's just so many interesting things. It just, it sent me down a, a rabbit hole of, of just learning this stuff. Um, so a big theme we were talking before the show is a big theme in a lot of Shakespeare is opposites. So can you speak on that? Sure,
0: I think that um you know uh, this is uh, one of the devices that Shakespeare uses continually in his uh, in in how he writes the language and also how he he uh, uh, contrasts the characters and they are uh, you know it's called the generally the the term that, that is used is antithesis A- antithesis thesis antithesis and then you get you know the 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 tongue of war that goes between those two things, night and day, uh, up and down, um, but also in terms of uh, uh, sort of um, ideas that are set against each other. We I mean, were talking uh, specifically how the character of Henry is set against the character of Pistol in in um, Henry V. The character of Pistol is this, uh, sort of ne'er-do-well uh, rogue who is a thief and uh, who goes to the war to try to make uh, make money. And you could almost say, well, Henry is, uh, was at one time a ne'er-do-well when he was Prince Hal, he, he, uh, and he is going to the war maybe to make money. Maybe to hang on to the family war chest, you know. Uh, the, the, there's nothing like having lands in France to keep your, your, um, your coffers full. Um, it's also a, a way to hang on to the, uh, to, the, to the, you know, to the throne is by um, having successful wars and having people in your corner. I mean, even back then that was important. Um, So that those two characters are sort of set against each other. Even at one point, uh, the character of pistol um, says, you know, I said, he, he says he's better than the king. Um, uh, He uh, it's, it's a, it's a funny uh, little scene that I always look at and think uh, that, that Henry somehow sees himself as, as a, as that character, you know, or or that Pestle himself thinks of himself as a king in his own life. I mean, he, he does that sort of thing, and in, in the other scenes, he he puffs himself up, and and you know, he's the king of the household. So uh, uh, there's there's contrasts always in Shakespeare to help us understand the story, to help us understand the opposites. Usually, there's a storyline that is. Totally set against the 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 main storyline that mm-hmm. that um, that you know look at, looking at the the King Lear, for instance, where uh, there's uh, King Lear has three, three rotten daughters, two rotten daughters and one good daughter, and his uh, best friend uh, the Duke of Gloucester has has two sons, one's not so nice and the other one is so nice. And those two stories butt up against each other. They're almost reflections of each other. And that's very helpful in understanding the play, understanding the meaning of the play, and and it's they need to be dealt with all those things. You know, when when you notice something in the text, whether it's Shakespeare, whether it's Tennessee Williams or or uh, Sam Shepard or Lynn Nottage, you have to deal with what you discover. Can't be ignored. There, the, the, when you when you find something it's an Easter egg, you know, it's, it's, don't, don't just go, Oh, I found an Easter egg and throw it over the fence. You got to put it in your basket and, and make sure that you make it count for something, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a little uh, um, way. It's a way to, to make something complete. It's a way to make something realer and realer and, and more eloquent and more um, purposeful and, and, and seriously to, to reach into uh, the, 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 the listener or the character that you're speaking to and, and move them in some way. And that's, I think, our big job as actors is to, to move and to change the listener, you know, and the, and language does that. Opposites are helpful in that. Mm-hmm. You know? Antithesis. And how do we do that? It's a discovery process. You know, if we are sort of mired in this very kind of uh, denuded way of speaking, very plain, almost monotone, uh, very little inflection to what we say, we don't want to rock the boat, Sometimes that's not helpful. Even a slight lift in sound can change the listener's mind. So we have to find the way to allow our voices and the sounds that we say to be more alive when we use them. It's it's kind of like, you know, this alchemy that is in the, possession of the of the actor if he chooses to have it in his craft and i i think it's 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 kind of wonderful you know that
2: beautiful way of putting it because you're taking one thing and making it into something else right that's the whole concept of alchemy
0: yeah you know we as as actors uh, um can hear sound differently we can Appreciate it on a different level, and once we start to do that, we are able to use it on a different level. I mean, I think that the more that we allow our senses to to be available to language and to sound and to be to recognize the nuance of it and what it what it can do to us. I mean, I sit here in my house. You know, I live in New York City, and I hear sounds out my door. So does my dog, and I hear sirens down the street, and I hear what sounds like packages dropping from ceilings, and I, I all these things impact me in some way. You know, I can I've, sometimes I sometimes I I shut I can shut them out, but I also notice them, and and rather than finding them awful, I identify them, and. What, that's what we do with sound rather than ignoring sound, we have to identify it. We mm-hmm. have to, to 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 sort of breathe it in and and deal with it. you know if if it is something that I don't like out the window, yes, oh, I can let that go. you know but uh but if I just if it's white noise to me. We, it it, it we live in constant agitation and we can't quite get specific and I think you know part of the actors' art the one of the most important part of, of of any actor's performance is being able to be specific we hear that all the time what is specificity what is specificity well it's all these things it's noticing the smallest um a component of something and if it is the, an important component to be able to use that component to get what we want and so we, we must allow ourselves to have that radar, that sensitivity that, that openness that, that availability to, to grow and, and learn does that make sense?
1: big time yeah i, I love what you, you said about alchemy too and i was I, I had this thought last night what a when you actually think about it it's crazy not just as an actor but just as a human with just sounds without even touching someone to strangers i can make certain sounds of a certain pitch of a certain pace and dynamic and then their body leaks or they completely feel a certain way or yeah. or in the case of humor they expel air like, ha! and, and they, they don't even know why they did that, yeah. but I, mm-hmm. I like so yes. that power, it's such an interesting thing. And, and I was thinking in terms of the, um, the connectedness of all of us that, and that it crosses, it crosses language too, because certain performances you can connect if, if all the physics of performance are there and vocally it's all there
0: Yeah,
1: and not even know the language and all of a sudden it's like, who is this wizard across the way making my body do all these things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I haven't really given them permission other than buying a ticket and showing up. But yeah. it's just that that power is, is pretty profound to use. Yeah, really. that's true.
0: I mean, that sound is a physical thing and it does affect your body. And and that's, that's like, I think, the, the totality of it, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, I, for, for me um you know the idea that that shakespeare has all these components of rhythm and of of musicality and and antithesis those little those little corners that we can go into and 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 and, and, and create meaning meaning out of uh, this is a uh you know there's a whole world in there and living with it is is a you know I, I think that the actors who who avoid um, understanding it um, are missing a lot, you know. Who who think eh, pentameter, iambic sh- pentameter. It's uh it's it's not just a device. It's a it's a a, a structure. It's scaffolding. It's it's a it's a container. It's it's like if we're all in a fishbowl. That's that's the fishbowl. You know, it's the, it's the it's it holds us, and so it it needs to be understood on a very seminal level before you can um, you can let it go. You know, we we have to know that that there's a if we understand history, if we understand the world, and I believe that that history and everything that we've learned up till this moment in time um, has to be in some way acknowledged and, and dealt with. Some people don't want to. And I, you know, I, I respect that, but I also think that for us actors to acknowledge the, the wealth of information that has gone before us and to at least explore it on uh, uh, in the same uh, um, way that it was created, could could help us enormously. You know, there's there's nothing like thinking you were. I was born yesterday, and now I know everything. <laughs> it's just not true. <laughs> you 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 are the sum total of everything. What is DNA? You know, you are. If, if DNA is a real thing, then 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 so is 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 history and knowledge and and we must uh, give ourselves over to it and at some point figure out what's there
1: love it yeah i've heard the term and it might have been in a conservatory it might have been tom uh to be a part of history you need to study history so you sort of know where things fit and what's come before you and and certainly if you want to be one of the epic, historic actors of all time, then you should certainly know um, what came before you, so.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, love it. Uh, We got a message from Lori Kirk uh, there saying, love Mary Lou. Oh,
0: Another
1: Todoroffian. Yes.
0: Hi, Lori. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you've got a lot of fans here. Um, I wanted to ask you, Mary Lou, is there a project that you aspire to create personally either as an actor or as a director like what's something that's still on your bucket list
0: jeez you mean directing wise
1: either directing or performing i'm gonna like, direct I to do hamlet
0: someday i'd like to direct hamlet you know i love that play um even though you know a lot of people have, but I feel like I could direct it that or and or Richard the Third, I love Richard the third too um i mean i I actually have you know a hundred projects that I could line up on my arm because i uh, uh, Richard the second I love uh um as you like it i love i never I never get tired of those plays. I could direct Henry again, that's how. Uh, much in love with that play, I am. Uh, um, right. But I did start with. Uh, I know a
1: guy. I know a guy. If uh, if you're looking for somebody interested. In
0: somebody <laughs> <laughs> Once more mm-hmm. unto the breach.
1: Okay. <laughs> yes. Dear um, friends. Brandon, anything else you want to add here? Oh, uh, well, actually, one, one more question for you, Mary Lou, um, because I think this helps actors of all uh, shapes and sizes and, and varying levels of their career. Is there any advice that you would give to your former artist self or your younger artist self um, if you had the ability to time travel back to yourself and, and be like, you know what, you need to think this way or that way?
0: Yeah. Well, it's one that I keep giving people these days to 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 other actors now. I'm telling them, don't think so much of how you're doing it, but but be... Be engaged with your craft. Be engaged in the doing of it and uh, and 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 really consider yourself to be an artist and 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 take it seriously. Don't worry so much how you're coming off, but more more how you are 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 bringing your full uh, your full body to to something. That's what I would tell my younger self. Stop worrying so much get to work.
2: <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to say another quote from the bard himself, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. And one man in his time will play many parts. And I, I love this. Just, I, I've always loved this speech from Jaques in as you like it, uh, I used to do it for a long time. And it's, the speech is all about how you have different stages in your life. And sometimes those stages aren't always what you envision them to be, but most of the time they're exactly what you need to get you to the place that you're going to be and to the upper echelon of what we're striving to be. Mm -hmm. So keep, keep pushing, keep going. You can do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Well said. (laughs) Love it. Thank you. Mary Lou, where's the best place for people to connect with you? Uh, is there any in particular social media or a website? Or-
0: oh, I'm so lame. I, I have none of that stuff. I, I only, uh, you know, have my uh, email. And um, I would think that, uh, you know, that's the, 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 the only way that people can connect can, can, <laughs> you with know, Usually, people, if people know me, they, they either call my agent or Tom totter off yeah. and say, hey, how do I get listen, people have called Tom's <laughs> or you know <laughs> messages through Tom to get right. in touch with me.
1: So they, I think the answer is you got to go to New York City and just start walking around New York screaming Shakespeare lines. And Mary yeah. Lou, look the woodwork. Where are you? <laughs> she'll, find yeah. you. Yeah. she'll find you. Yeah. She'll yes, find you. Yes. Yeah. the words right. She'll find you. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being with us today, Mary Lou. Oh, Love everything you. that, that you're doing for our classes. Oh,
0: um, thank you, yeah. Lars. So thank
1: you for taking us deep. Uh, to all our listeners, viewers, make sure you subscribe. Um, And if this episode and any others has brought you value, make sure to share it with your other actor friends. I'm sure today has brought you a ton of value. We do it every Monday. So hit us back uh, here on your favorite podcast platform. And thank you so much, Mary Lou.
0: My pleasure.